Chapter 28 of Hero Tales from History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Holland. Hero Tales from History by Smith Burnham. Chapter 28 Miles Standish, the Brave Little Captain of Plymouth. Little is known of the life of Miles Standish before he sailed from Holland among the hundred and two passengers of the Mayflower on its way across the stormy ocean to the wilderness of America. The brave men and women who had been driven out of England on account of their religion by foolish King James had made their escape to Holland. Although the Dutch who lived in that country were very kind to them, the English people decided to go to America where they could live and worship as they wished and teach their children their own language and ways of living for though their king was silly and mean they still loved dear old england the mayflower was a poor clumsy leaky craft about the size of a coastwise schooner which would not be allowed to risk a voyage across the ocean to-day the pilgrims as the mayflower passengers were called did not know just where to land the part of america to which they had chosen to go was called virginia but that was the name of the country all along the eastern coast from the south nearly to new york harbor which had been claimed by the dutch only a few years before the pilgrims had a vague idea of landing about halfway between new york and jamestown which had been settled some years before by john smith and a company of men from england but storm after storm drove the mayflower farther and farther northward till the pilgrims found themselves just within the long protecting arm of land called cape cod they were very tired of being huddled together and pitched about in the little ship many of them were ill from the close quarters as well as from terrible seasickness during the long voyage they had nothing but mouldy bread and salt pork to eat for there were no canned meats vegetables and fruits in the fall of sixteen twenty when the pilgrims made their long voyage across the sea the first thing they did was to go ashore near the end of cape cod where the pilgrim mothers did their much-needed washing the cape was a long low sandy arm of land extending far out to sea the ship's carpenter worked to finish the shallop or small sailboat which he had started to build during the voyage it was intended for the purpose of sailing in shallow water to find a good place to live where there were trees for shelter and springs of water and if possible a good safe harbor in which the mayflower and all coming ships might stay at anchor the pilgrims held a meeting in the cabin of the mayflower and signed a paper which they called the compact by which they agreed to live and be governed they elected john carver the oldest man in the company governor although they are called the pilgrim fathers they were nearly all young or middle-aged men elder brewster the minister was about forty years old and miles standish was thirty-six william bradford who wrote the story of the settlement in his diary and john alden the cooper were still younger the pilgrims chose twenty of their number to go along the shore of cape cod toward the mainland to find a place to build their cabins and spend the winter for it was late in november and very cold while waiting for the shallop to be finished this pilgrim lookout committee 
led by miles standish started out afoot on their great search not knowing what might happen to them captain john smith had explored that part of the country after he lived two years at jamestown virginia he had made a map of all that region which he named new england the men went ashore from the mayflower and had walked along the cape a mile or more when they saw a party of indians with a dog coming toward them when the red men saw the white strangers they hid in the bushes and whistled to their dog which followed them out of sight miles standish and his men tried to catch up with the indians and speak with them but they were afraid of the strangers who wore helmets and armor over their bodies and thighs and carried fire sticks as the indians called the guns the pilgrims followed the natives about ten miles without seeing them again then they built a hasty camp of logs and brush in which eighteen men slept while three stood on guard outside nothing happened that night to disturb them next day they saw wild ducks and deer and discovered a kettle and some fresh mounds of earth which william bradford wrote in his diary we digged up and found a fine great new basket full of very fair corn of this year with some six and thirty goodly ears of corn some yellow and some red and other mixed with blue the basket was round and narrow at the top it held about three or four bushels which was as much as two of us could lift up from the ground and was very handsomely and cunningly made but whilst we were busy about all these things we were in suspense what to do with it and at length after much talk we concluded to take as much corn as we could carry away with us and when our shallop came if we could find any of the people we would satisfy pay them for their corn the rest we buried again for we were so laden with armor that we could carry no more as they walked slowly on noting all the strange things they met they found a deer trap one of their number wrote down afterward just what happened at this point as we wandered we came to a tree where a young sapling was bowed bent down over a bow and some acorns strewed underneath stephen hopkins said it had been to catch some deer so as we were looking at it william bradford being in the rear when he came and went about it gave a sudden jerk up and he was caught by the leg it the deer trap was a pretty device made with a rope of their own making and having a noose as well made as any rope maker in england can make even those solemn pilgrims had to laugh to see brother bradford with one foot up in the air and his head on the ground the men returned to the ship and reported what they had seen when the shallop was completed they sailed away in that and went farther on little voyages of discovery but cape cod is a long peninsula and they went back and forth several times between the land and the ship which remained at anchor near the end of the cape one time they came back from their sight hunting and found that another pilgrim had been born on the mayflower this baby william white was its father was the first white child born in this part of america they named the baby peregrinus the latin word for pilgrim so he was called peregrine white there was a mischievous small boy in the mayflower that billington boy the pilgrims called him who found some gunpowder and proceeded to make trails of it on the deck then touched a live coal to it and made it flash up so young francis billington made the first fireworks in new england he also shot off a musket 
there were two kinds of musket one called the matchlock lighted by punk or slow match there were no friction matches for two hundred years after that and the other kind called the snap hance or flintlock while playing with fire that billington boy flashed a line of powder which ran back to the kegs of gunpowder and came very near blowing up the mayflower and all on board another time the home hunters had a hard day and being tired and hungry made their camp and went to rest after placing men on guard bradford wrote in his journal about midnight we heard a great and hideous cry and our sentinels called arm arm so we bestirred ourselves and shot off a couple of muskets and the noise ceased we concluded that it was a company of wolves or other wild beasts for one told us he had heard such a noise in newfoundland about five in the morning we began to be stirring and two or three men who doubted whether their pieces would go off or no made trial of them and shot them off but thought nothing at all after prayer we prepared ourselves for breakfast and for a journey and it being now twilight in the morning it was thought meet best to carry the things down to the shallop anon all of a sudden we heard a great and strange cry which we knew to be the same voices though they varied their notes one of the company came running in and cried they are men indians indians and with all their arrows came flying amongst us our men ran with all speed to recover their arms as by the good providence of god they did in the meantime captain miles standish having a snap hats ready made a shot and after him another after they too had shot other two of us were ready but he wished us not to shoot till we could take aim for we knew not what need we should have and there were four only of us which had their arms there ready our care was no less for the shallop but we hoped all the rest would defend it we called unto them to know how it was with them and they answered well well every one and be of good courage we heard three of their pieces go off and the rest called for a firebrand to light their punk matches for their matchlock muskets one took a log of the fire on his shoulder and went and carried it unto them the cry of our enemies was dreadful especially when our men ran out to recover their arms their note was after this manner woach woach ha ha hatch woach this hideous and great cry was the first indian war-hoop the pilgrims ever heard it must have curdled the blood of those quaint old puritans who had never heard a modern college yell the white men's matchlocks and snap hances seemed to have scared the indians even more than their war hoop and arrows tipped with brass buckhorn and eagle's claws frightened the white men so the red men ran away and lived to fight another day the indians who first fought with the pilgrims proved to be the Nossets an unfriendly tribe living on cape cod the white men named this place the first encounter the lookout committee went on after this until they reached the mainland and soon found the site they had been searching for so long bradford's diary contains the record 
on the sabbath day we rested and on monday we sounded the harbor and found it a very good harbor for shipping we marched also into the land and found divers cornfields and little running brooks a place very good for situation so we returned to our ship mayflower again with good news to the rest of our people which did much comfort their hearts though bradford did not then think it worth mentioning there was a big boulder in the edge of the harbor upon which these men sprang out of the shallop this happened on the twenty first of december sixteen twenty and is known as the landing of the pilgrims on plymouth rock december twenty first is celebrated now more than three hundred years after that event as forefathers day this place was marked plymouth on captain john smith's map of new england and the pilgrims who had sailed from plymouth england were glad to give their new-found settlement that name four days after this landing the mayflower sailed from the end of cape cod and came to anchor in plymouth harbor the first thing the pilgrims did was to build a common house of logs to be used later as a sort of town hall then they erected a square cabin on top of the hill for both church and fort on its flat roof they mounted three brass cannon christmas day came while they were building their first cabin but they worked all that day for they were too strict even to celebrate christmas while they were building their village of log cabins with thatched roofs some of them stayed in their quarters on the mayflower it seemed a long time before they saw indians again but one day while the grave and reverend pilgrims were holding a council in their common house a tall red man came stalking up to their door saying welcome yankees welcome yankees yankees was the nearest the indian could pronounce englishmen from this the people of new england are still called yankees this indian's name was samoset he had learned a little english from some fishermen farther north on the new england coast he came again to plymouth bringing another red man named squanto who years before had been carried away with other savages by an english captain and sold into slavery squanto had been taken to london and learned to speak english he was glad to stay with the pilgrims and talk for them to the tribes around plymouth for while he was away a slave in foreign lands his own people had been taken with a dreadful disease called a plague and when he came back they had all died and poor squanto was left alone in the world the pilgrims elected miles standish who was the only soldier in the company their captain but about the first work captain standish had to do was to take care of the sick and he did so according to the poet longfellow with a hand as gentle as woman's in the spring there were only fifty-one of the pilgrims just one-half the number that had landed on plymouth rock among the first to die was rose standish the captain's beautiful wife although they were not attacked that winter they knew the indians were lurking about so the pilgrims did not make mounds of the graves in their poor little burial ground on the hill for fear the savages would see how few white men were left and attack them while they were all so ill at one time only two men were well enough to nurse all the rest and bury them as fast as they died in april 
the men were well enough to plant corn and do other work it was so hot that governor carver the oldest of all the pilgrims was prostrated by the heat and died william bradford was elected governor in his place when the pilgrims had erected cabins enough to house all of who were left of them they built a stockade or wall of upright logs around the settlement in april sixteen twenty one the mayflowers started back to england much as they had suffered through the long dreary winter none of the pilgrims wished to return home on their little ship that plucky band of men and women had come to america to stay they marched to their church fort on the hill every sunday led by their governor minister and captain the men carried their muskets to be ready to defend themselves if the indians tried to surprise them while at their worship the pilgrims believed in watching and fighting as well as praying after a long time massasoit the great indian chief came with a company of his braves to see the pilgrims and the white men and the red made a treaty of peace and friendship afterwards the chief of a more distant tribe sent an indian runner to plymouth with a bundle of arrows tied together with a rattlesnake skin captain standish promptly filled the snake skin with powder and bullets and sent it back this frightened the indians for they thought the white medicine man had the power to send a plague among them which would make them all sicken and die after a time the people of plymouth were comfortable and at peace with their indian neighbors then a lad known as that billington boy disobeyed the rules by going outside the limits and was lost the settlers were alarmed and captain standish took a small company of men and made a search for the lad they found him with the unfriendly nossets the indians they had fought with at the first encounter the indians around plymouth laughed at the little red-headed white captain because he was so small he was so quick-tempered that they named him little pot that soon boils over once when a tall wiry indian north of plymouth insulted him the fiery little captain had all he could do to control himself standish and three other white men had gone up to that place for the purpose of punishing the indians who were threatening the whole colony with death watching his chance the white captain sprang upon the big indian chief who had sneered at him snatched the savage's own knife and killed him with a single stab the other white men dispatched their indians the account of this brave deed of the captain of plymouth was reported among the indians far and near and the pilgrims had long years of peace because the red men had gained a wholesome respect for miles standish whose name they now changed to sword of the white man End of chapter twenty eight